to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here's your host, David Shong. Welcome to this week's episode of the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats. Powered by Mercury Marine and Shock to Life by Rely on Lithium Batteries. I am David Chong, and joining me is the AC Insider himself, Kenneth Grover. And this week, we're just going to jump right into it uh, and kick it off with our special guest of the show. And that's who I personally think is the goat of fishing. And that's the one, the only Kevin Van Dam. Kevin, welcome to the show. Man, I'm glad to be here. It's uh, going to be a great week. So for those that haven't heard, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm, some of our listeners, I'm assuming should be tournament anglers or, or, or fans of tournament fishing. But for those that haven't heard, Kevin, you made a big announcement about a month ago, which was you're going to step away or retire from professional bass fishing. Um, I'm sure you've been asked this before, and but I assume you've only recently started to think of this roughly, you know, when you roughly might consider stepping away from tournament fishing. But at what point did you decide that it was finally the right time to step away? Um, well, this is my, you know, 33rd season. So you know, I'm going to compete again this year. And after 32 years, you know, I mean, it's, uh, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it's, that's a long time. And, um, you know, in any, uh, you know, in any sport or any, any athlete's career, you know, there's, there's going to be an end at some point. And I just feel like with the age that I'm at and, um, the, the success that I've had and things like that, that I'm just ready to start the next chapter, you know, and I'm not retiring, but I am from, from competitive fishing, but yeah, I'm going to, you know, still be trying to be a great ambassador for fishing and sport. It's what I love. It's all I've ever known. Um, and it's what I do, but we're just going to do, I'm just going to be doing it in, in different ways. So, um, you know, that to me was something again, like I said, that, um, I've talked with my family and uh, my wife and, and stuff and something that we just never really thought was going to be a good time. And then it just, it just, it kind of came together fairly quickly in, in the decision that, Hey, this is, this is a good time to make the transition. Knowing that you're someone who always likes to have the trolling motor on 100, did you already start making some of those post-retirement plans uh, or are you waiting until after the final lines out after stage seven? Yeah, no, I'm, we're, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, transition slowly into it for sure. It's not a, uh, so it's not something that I can say, Hey, I've got this, this and this lined up, but, uh, you know, I still got a whole season of, of fishing here to finish up and you know, I'm going to do that first. And, and then, uh, you know, in the off season and that we'll, we'll start preparing and, and getting some of these other things in place for, for next year. So you mentioned uh, the you know you still got a full season and we're, we're gonna jump to the next event that's on your uh, calendar here, which is uh, preparing for the Red Crest on Lake Norman. Here, um, there aren't too many. Well, there haven't been too many top level events on Lake Norman, especially this time of year. In the last, you know, for quite some time, I guess you could say. How did you plan your approach to this event? Yeah, so I I have fished here quite a few times in the past, but it is a much different lake, like you said, um, than than in a while and. 
it's a big lake. It's got a lot of uh, diversity to it with both spotted bass and, you know, largemouth in it. And it's it's got blueback herring now and alewives. So, and the spots have really grown a lot in recent years. So Norman was always known as a small fish lake, but now it's got some big ones too. And um, it's just one of those things that um, you really got to break it down based on uh, the time of the year and the seasonal patterns and your own particular strengths, what you, how you like to fish. And as a power fisherman for me, it just, it makes it real easy to where I can, you know, want to cover a lot of water to, to find out kind of what the fish are doing, but you'll see a real diverse uh, tournament this week. I mean, I just finished up uh, my second day of practice and, you know, each day is completely, completely different. And, you know, from the first day to the second day, very much different. And uh, like I say, I think you're going to see a really, really unique event where anybody can find their strength. It's a massive lake uh, for, you know, for 40 anglers to fish. And um, we're, you know, we're, you're going to see a lot of different patterns. You know, we've had a big warming trend uh, it, all over the south. And that's kind of, I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing because it's, it's kind of got the fish doing a lot of different things, but, um, you know, it, this cold front is coming in, a, you know, in the next few days and we've got a lot of changes in the weather. So it's going to be, you know, from a fan standpoint, you're going to see a lot of change and the person who adapts to that next day is going to be the one that's going to be holding that trophy at the end of the week. You mentioned, you know, you got, you got done with your final day of practice. Have, did you like what you found in practice so far? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one thing that's different for us this year is that we are fishing a five fish format, you know, on the Bass Pro Tour and for Redcrest this year. And that right there in itself changes your strategy. You know, you can afford to, um, you know, use some bigger baits, trying to target bigger fish and, and things like that. So uh, I really did a lot of different things, fished a lot of different areas. I fished shallow, I fished deep, um, I fished dirty water, I fished clear water. I, I tried to just, you know, fish my strengths and, and find areas that I felt comfortable with. And, um, you know, in two days, I, I found a lot of different things that are, that are working. And that's what you kind of got to have, you know, like I said, based on the, the conditions that we've got schedule for the week uh that are coming with the weather i think you you know you got to be prepared for a couple of different scenarios and and so that's what i try to do you know i'm i've got some shallow stuff that i want to fish and then i also have some deep patterns that that i think will play well as well you mentioned the the change to the five fish format for on the bass pro tour level and and, and you mentioned it being carried over into the red crest um what are your thoughts so far just on this change? You know, you mentioned using different baits, a slightly different approach, but what are your thoughts so far on this new change? And do you feel that it helps keeps like anglers from like running away with like, you know, especially if you're on a school of like, you know, just barely keepers, do you, do you feel that it keeps with those particular anglers within, uh, within striking distance? Yeah. I, you know, like I say, it's a, it's a very much a different, going to be a different strategy um, based on that. And, and yeah, it's, if you get behind, it's, it's harder to catch up, but, um, here at Lake Norman, you know, there are a lot of fish here and, you know, you, I, I would fish totally different if, if I was fishing, uh, you know, an every fish counts, uh, mentality. 
So just because of that, you know, I mean, you, you would target the numbers and, and, you know, forego trying to catch some of the bigger fish. And so I think that's a big part of the strategy that's going to make it a really fun event to watch is that strategy trying to figure out, Hey, how do you, how do you get these better than average, whether it's spotted bass or large mouth you're fishing for to bite. Hey Gavin, this is Kenneth. We talked a little bit about practice here. And one of the things that, that has always, um, interests me from a, from a preparation and trying to understand how do you, how do you, uh, go about, um, trying to, uh, to set up for your tournament is the fact that Brass Pro Tour, if you're in Group A, it's like a six-day process from day one to championship round. Um, and obviously, that that re- there's going to be a lot of changes that happen in that six-day period. How do you prepare uh, during practice for a tournament that you know is going to have multiple changes by the time you get to the end of it? Well, it is. I mean, the, the one thing is, is our, our weather forecasting and our apps and things like that are, are better than they've ever, they've ever been. And, you know, that gives you a little bit, but still, you don't have any control over, over that at all. It's just, it's one of those things that you just, um, you kind of try to plan for, but sometimes it just, it just doesn't matter. You know I mean? I always practice for the future or try to, you know, just look ahead and see what the conditions are going to be. And, you know, if we're going to have a big cold front or something like that, that you, you practice with that in mind, trying to have a game plan for whatever mother nature is going to throw at you, uh, good or bad. And, you know, it doesn't always work out, but it, when you can find a pattern where the fish are actually coming to you instead of leaving what you're doing, um, that's when you can be really dangerous. And, and that's always the goal. Unfortunately, you can't always find that every time out. So I, I know you, you know, you're, you're known as a guy that likes to fish fast. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you probably practice fast as well. So, you know, do you try to cover a lot of the leg? So let, let's say if you develop a pattern during the tournament, do you, do you like to be familiar enough with the leg to be able to think, okay, I, I saw this on day two in practice. That's an area that resembles this. I can possibly go duplicate this in that area. Is that something you try to do during practice? Oh, absolutely. For sure. And, um, and then even during the tournament, you know, you've got to be flexible and, and, and see that. And and that's why, you know, especially here, um, you know, this is a, a, a reservoir that's massive and it has a lot of similar, you know, types of, of habitat and structure. And so it is a lake that you can definitely pattern fish. You know, if you get the wind blowing a certain direction, you can go and find where, hey, the wind is is blowing onto, a, you know, shoals in this direction or that. And it's very easy to to look at your Lake Master mapping and see the depth contours and, and see stuff that, that fits that that same general um, pattern. So that's going to be really important, you know, and, and that's very different compared to a lot of the lakes that we fish. Um, and, you know, that's what's going to make this one kind of cool is that you you will be able to, you know, once you, if you figure it out, once you figure it out and, and get on a good uh, pattern, you'll be able to duplicate it in other areas of the lake, you know, pretty easily here. Kevin, you know, we know that electronics, you know, forward fishing sonar, 360, that stuff has become a big player within the last few years. For this particular event, especially with, with the way how you fish, how much of that technology will be part of your game plan or are you going to be more trying to keep it simple? when it comes to electronics? 
Um, no, it's definitely uh, going to be a factor. I mean, we've there's been three pro level, of, you know, you know, top level events this year. Uh, you know, on the Bassmaster Elite Series and on the Bass Pro Tour in Florida, and you would think that that's where it would probably be the least effective and the least important. And it's been a, it's been, a, it's, you know, the winner has been using, using it for two of them. And it's been a factor in all three in the, in this area where you wouldn't necessarily think that ahead of time. So there's no doubt here, no doubt here that it's going to be a big factor. And, and it's something you have to be aware of. And, you know, I've got my boat set up with, uh, you know, with, with Humminbird Mega Live, with Mega 360. And then obviously I've got, you know, side imaging, down imaging, but the Lake Master mapping is probably one of the most valuable things for me here because it just, again, once you find a particular scenario, say you, you know, you, you find a point where the channel swings against the, you know, the one side of it and, you know, the, the key breakoff is in, you know, 18 foot of water. It's very easy to go around and find more areas with that mapping just like that here. Um, this lake just lays out like that. So, so that's the one thing that, that, you know, I have a lot of confidence in is, is being able to duplicate the same scenarios in different areas of the lake once, once that I find those. You tend to do pretty well, you know, when it comes to big events this time of the year. Is it a, if I was to place a bet on who would win this event, would it be a safe, uh, would it be a safe bet to put on KVD? <laughs> well, I'm I'm always betting on me. I mean, we're we're always, um, you know, in this sport, you're you're gambling on yourself for sure, and that's what we try to do. And here, it's not about the points. There's no angler of the year on the line. Um, it's all about that first place trophy. And you know, I have set myself up with that in mind in practice to plan for that and to you know to to try to make that happen. So. Um, I'm betting on me. What makes you such a big threat when uh during this time of year for these big events? Like I said, like you've always done really well, but what makes KVD just such a big threat this time of year? Well, I think you you have to have the right uh, mental attitude to you know uh, once you once you see things develop in that to be able to to stay in the hunt and also when things are tough, you know, to be able to fight through it. So experience uh, in in those moments has, has definitely helped me to be able to handle the pressure and, and, you know, the extra, uh, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a spotlight on these events, you know, the, the classic and red crest, uh, they're the biggest events out there and, you know, it's, it's really important and we put a lot of time and effort to, to be there in it. So we want to make the most of those moments. And, and that's, that's what I try to do. As of this moment, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure your, your mind's still processing things and things will come up between now and uh, the first day of the competition. Uh, have you already decided about what you're planning to do uh, as, as they call your number and you're about to take off there? Have you already kind of formulated that game plan in the morning so far? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do most of that really when I'm, you know, working on my tackle tomorrow. But yeah, I I have you know got an idea. I've been watching the weather and again just kind of seeing what what is going to be happening um, as as we go through this week and be prepared for it. So that's the main thing is you know you, I just want to be prepared for whatever uh, Mother Nature throws at me and 
you know, that's what I've put a game, you know, really, that's how I built my game plan. So I'm ready. You've won almost all that there is to win in professional bass fishing. What are your thoughts going? What are, what are the thoughts going through your mind knowing that this will probably be your final big championship event? Um, you never know. I'm, I'm hoping to qualify for next year's Red Crest too. So I've got the whole <laughs> Bass Pro Tour season. But yeah, I mean, that is, there's, that's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, I want to enjoy the moment and, and just, and really take it in, soak it all in and, and have fun. I mean, that's what I said for the whole season is that that's going to be important to, uh, just to truly appreciate it. I've done this a long time. Uh, I've been fortunate to have a lot of success and I, I don't take any of it for granted at all. And, and I'm, you know, first and foremost, I'm going to have fun. Hey, Kevin, it's Kenneth again. I try to go off subject here a little bit. I'm just, just curious on your take on this, though. You know, you started out as a young, young angler, had success really quick uh, early in your year or early in your career. Um, we're seeing now a lot of these guys coming out of college kind of doing the same thing. These guys are, are well-rounded. They get to fish a lot of different tournaments during college, a lot of different parts of the country. Seem to really kind of get a jump start. I kind of wanted to see what your take in it is on that and you know, from a competitor that has to compete against these guys, what are you seeing from those guys that are coming out of college with all that experience? Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's something that I, that I think is fantastic that um, there's so many kids, young kids now that have the ability to, um, you know, kind of beat the learning curve and, and gain, you know, a, a lot of experience before they actually have time on the water, you know, there's so much information out there now. Obviously, you can uh, see things like you've never seen before with the live coverage that we have of all the tournaments. But also, I mean, you can watch a million YouTube videos from different pros showing different techniques and new lures and, and electronics and things like that. So it's really helped that process um, that was a lot harder to do, you know, before we had, you know, the Internet and YouTube and and all those other, uh, in all this other technology. So it's, I think it's shortened the learning curve and it's a really good thing. So it's not just college, but it's, it's high school as well. You know I mean? There's, uh, so many, so many good young anglers now coming up that are just well-versed. And, you know, I think I've worked hard myself to, to try to help motivate and, and, uh, teach people, you know, for that. And it's working. So Kevin, you know, I, what was it? As you're, I, I know we're talking about some of this retirement. So kind of going off here because we're going. Oh, I know you're kind of busy. You're gonna uh, try to get ready for this last event here, oh, this uh, Red Crest event here. But I don't know when the next time I'll have a conversation with you. But you know, if you had to pick your favorite win across your career, which win would that be? And then what would your what is your most memorable event? If if it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, so what I've learned is that you you have to appreciate all of them because you never know when your next one's going to be or if it's going to be your last one. And, you know, for sure, um, you know, the last Bass Pro Tour win that I had at Chickamauga one was really special because it's my first it was my first win on the Bass Pro Tour. I've won, you know, multiple Major League Fishing Cup events, but 
But, uh, you know, in this format, that's the first one that, that I'd won there. So that one stands out as one. And also, um, you know, obviously my first Bassmaster Classic, um, Angler of the Year, my first Angler of the Year, those are, those are really, really special and, and important. But each time, <laughs> you know, that you win, I know how hard it is. And, you know, I know how important it is. So that's what, as I've gotten older in my career and, you know, I've had some of those wins in in later years. Those are the ones that that really stand out and are really special because I just I know how hard it is. I've learned that. We know as a professional angler, you know, you spend countless hours away from family, friends, and missing f- various important life events. So, what's the first non-fishing related thing that you're looking forward to uh, after your last event this year? Um. You know, I really, so my wife and I uh, celebrated our 30th anniversary last year, and we are definitely planning uh, a a special trip. You know, it's just so hard with our schedule to to plan for a week even, you know, throughout the season. And so to be able to plan something, you know, extended, maybe, maybe overseas vacation, something like that, something that I'm definitely looking forward to. But, you know, when I'm not fishing on tour, that's what I do. I like, I mean, I'm, I'm fishing. So, you know, we'll, we do a lot of that for fun as well and spend a lot of time on the water, you know, just, just boating as well too. So we'll have, we'll definitely have that. The, the thing that will be nice is having a little more flexibility in our schedule. You know, when you're uh, on the tour or on the tournament trail, you can't miss an event and those dates are set for you, you know, a year in advance and it ends up being, you know, 18, 20 weeks a year that, that you just, uh, there's no, there's no budging or fudging on that schedule. So, you know, that, that will be nice to be able to free that up a little bit, be able to plan for some of the other things. Like I say, I'm still going to be extremely busy, uh, really working hard, um, you know, as a promoter and then a uh, ambassador for, for fishing going forward, but I will have a little more control over that schedule. And then I guess to kind of wrap up this whole, uh, what was it? Fishing related type stuff. What's one thing that you won't miss from traveling nationwide for fishing events? And I guess what's one thing you're probably going to miss? Cause I know that you've been doing it for, like you said, for 33 years. So what's one thing you won't miss and what's one thing you will probably end up missing? Um, you know, the, the long road trips for sure. You know, I mean, those drivers from California, um, especially in, in bad weather and, and things like that. And the, you know, the tight turnarounds between some of those, that's, that's one of the hardest things is the, is the road time. Uh, it, it can, you know, it can, it can be a challenge and be a grind. And that right there is something that I'm definitely looking forward to going forward is, uh, is, you know, not being on that schedule. You know, so many times I leave for the first tournament of the year from Michigan and it's, you know, it's February and, it's, it's a snowstorm and you got to go. And, you know, that's just, it's just not, uh, not the funnest thing in the world. So that'll be, that'll be really nice. And so my last question, and I, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I, I was, I'm just more curious about what happened on this particular day. So a few years ago, you know, I had the, uh, the privilege of uh, being at a rather outdoors event, media event with you, uh, in your home state. And I remember that the, the, I was with you the first day, but the second day, I know you were supposed to end up leave. You were supposed to leave a little bit early, but I remember seeing your boat still out on this particular body of water a little bit later than, than uh, I think you were supposed to be. So how long did you end up staying there? 
that day because I know you were you you know you were slaying them on a spinner bay, and it was just for me it was just really awesome to see you do that. But how long were you on? Uh, did you stay at that lake just uh, slaying them on a spinner bait? <laughs> oh, we stayed we we stayed for a while. You know, when you make that trip all the way up there to Northern Michigan, you want to make the most of it for sure. And you, as you saw, I mean, it's a lot of fun to catch those big swimmers. So. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we we hung out there for a while until they quit biting. Okay. Well, thank you, Kevin, for just you know taking time. I know I know you're getting ready to uh, uh, you know get things to tie it up and uh, ready for this uh, red crest on Lake Norman. So thanks for just taking time, spending with us. Definitely, I'm pulling for you for this event, and good luck with uh, on Norman here. You bet. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. All right. All right. All right, there you have it, KG. What did you think, Kevin Van Dam? I, I'm pretty sure you didn't think I was able to pull off something you know like this, but I, I had to work a little bit, you know. But I was able to pull it off. <laughs> I, you know, David, you, you, I'm impressed. I mean, you've impressed me all along. But this, this you may have set the bar, you know, at, at new heights for you. You know, job, job well done. <laughs> I mean, I know that, you know, Kevin's, a, he's definitely one of those hardest, you know, not, not just for me, but just in general, he's very, a very in demand person. And, you know, like, like he's mentioned multiple times and, and during this interview too, that, you know, he's always, you know, you know, his schedule is always jam packed. So just to be able to get him to just uh, spend a little bit of his time, especially during this big week here on uh, for Redcrest, that was really awesome. And, and like I said, I, I'm glad that at least, if not my wife, my you know, other some of the listeners here, at least I, I was able to at least impress you somewhat, KG. <laughs> Come on, David, I, I always know what you're capable of. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me. All right, so with that, we'll take a short break and come back for our final segment of the show. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visitlakehartwell.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the show brought to you by Strike King. Make sure you take advantage of the Bass Madness a promotion going on and save big on all KVD squirrel bills, Rage Sock Plastics, Thunder, Crick Thunder Crickets, and Contra Line. 
Only available at select retailers or go to striking.com and use code MAD25. That's M-A-D-2-5 at striking.com to save 25% on those items. Uh, so first up, just a few results from this past weekend here. First one up I've got is the Bassmaster Opens event on Lake Eufaula in Alabama, not Oklahoma. And winning that... Uh, a shortened two-day event versus three because the day two was canceled due to the high winds in the area was uh, and he led i guess you could say light wire to wire but uh justin barnes caught 48 pounds and nine ounces to take the win there kg because i know you're a bit familiar with you follow was that a somewhat of a surprise i didn't, I didn't get to see yeah i didn't get a catch to see what he won it on but uh 48 nine over two days of fishing with 10 fish was that a pretty good weight for you follow at this time of year yeah, you know, you you follow um, goes through cycles. Um, it, it's it's been pretty consistent the last probably six years. Um, I think the biggest surprise in this tournament is uh, so many guys that did well were fishing so much offshore. Uh, I think a lot of people came to this tournament thinking that that shallow bite would be much better. Um, okay, but I, I think what what you follow has proven. Um, is it is such a really really good offshore lake that these fish stay out there as long as possible uh and and actually there's a lot of offshore places that these, these fish will spawn there's some fish that never move into the creeks or or you know to the to the shallow water the there are, are enough shallow humps and areas that that these fish can actually spawn out there they never really leave and i think more anglers are realizing that and uh in order to come across the larger groups of the bigger fish that that's that's what it takes right now and you follow a bit off topic, but not not fully off topic. But what was it here? Do you think? I think it was 170 some odd anglers that were signed up for the EQs. And I don't know if we talked about we might have talked about this back when this was announced. But even at this first event, so you know, again, it was like 170, almost 179 or something like that. Were you a bit surprised about how many guys actually fully committed to fishing all nine? Whether they do or not, we don't know. But at least. uh they you know assigned something and are willing to pay for all nine events. Are you surprised about that by that big amount uh, of guys committing to that? I'd have to go back and look at it, but if they do it like they typically do, there there should be like pay schedules along the way. So I, I think there's 179 or whatever the total is that's committed for the first tournament. But I I'm interested in and I we I think we talked about this several months ago when all this came out and we saw we saw the anglers that were signed up, but I'm curious to see how quick some of these anglers drop out. Um, yeah. It, I, I mean, come on, you, you fish three or four and you really struggle and you don't stand a chance in points. I don't see those anglers continue. So um, I'm curious how they're going to handle that because the other thing that's, that's going to do is now you've, you've made it harder for other anglers to enter the tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, if you start the year at a hundred, let's say it's, it is 179 and your full field is 225. You know, there, there's you, you can feel that fairly easy, but but once you get halfway through the towards the end of the season, are you going to find enough? If 50, 60, 80, 100 of these guys drop out, guys and gals, um, are you going to be able to find enough local anglers for those last tournaments? You know, in the season, in order to sure. continue to have a full field, or is it is there going to be a negative effect? And by the time you get, let's say, three quarters through the schedule, that you know, now you're at 150 boats, 170 yeah. boats uh, instead yeah. of 225, like 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 they weren't every tournament before. Yeah. Um, the incentive for other people to fish them is a lot lessened. Um, yeah. 
the I guess really the only incentive would be, I guess if there was one on your home home lake and you think you can win it, then you 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 could fish the classic. Um, yeah, that would be the only reason to to jackpot one. So you know that is one of the storylines that I'm kind of looking forward to as the year progresses is to see see how that that angler shift happens. How many pull out? When do they start pulling out? How do they fill the extra? Uh, there were several elite series guys that were in the field that you follow. Will that continue? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Will some of those guys keep fishing? Are they doing it to try to uh, get another chance of making the classic? Are some of those guys doing it? Uh, and I don't know how many of them may be fishing the full nine, but are some of those guys fishing the full nine uh, in case they get, um, you know, lose sure. their elite spot? They're, they're, they're getting a jump on trying to get back in. Yeah. trying to qualify the same year that that you get pushed out kind of thing. Yeah. Um so I'm just yeah those are the things that that we'll see over time uh see how they how they all shake out. Yeah, definitely the season's still young but I know that those are we'll see how that, that all plays out cuz I know that um what was it uh this whole thing ebbs and flows pretty quickly too with when it comes to some of those guys making decisions cuz again what was it uh cuz even like you mentioned I believe the guy who won it um one of the very few guys that wasn't signed up for the EQs. So, you know, so he's got a classic win, but now, you know, um, but I guess it opens it up in some ways to the guys that um, are doing the EQs, but for sure, he's got, a, he got himself a Bassmaster classic uh, spot for 2024 locked up already. So, but that's that they only had 46 extra spots. Yep. Okay. So, so once you get down halfway, three quarters of the season, if that's a hundred spots instead of 46, can they fill it? Yeah. Uh, a place like you fall, especially this time of year, I can see that get full. You know, yeah. like Gunnersville would feel, some of the lakes in Texas would feel, Florida would feel. You get kind of late in the season, and I, I don't have the schedule off the top of my head, but some of those places probably don't have the local uh, group of fishermen that that would would help fill, you know, the full tournament out. So, I'm, like I said, I'm just I'm just curious to see how all that pans out as time goes on. Yeah, because yeah, definitely, like you said, especially for depending on what are some of those guys, where, where they may have to come from. Yeah, because you said some some regions probably aren't going to be as strong, at least with guys that want to pursue paying that extra money just to fish in an opens event. Yeah, yeah, granted, yeah, you do have the if you do if you win because you're not looking to do well, you're just basically looking to win to make that to get that uh, classic qualification spot, but you're not looking to just do well. So uh, there won't be, there's a lot of, there's going to be some parts of the region or some bodies of water where some people may feel that, you know what, I just don't like that lake and I'm not going to pay to pay, you know, go all the way there, even if it's within my home state to go and fish it. So, but yeah, definitely see how that all plays out. Um, again, first one up was, uh, was the one on you follow there. Let's see here. Wild West Bass Trail program was out on Lake Oroville, and I believe that was a three-day event. Uh, but Logan McDaniel won with forty thirty-six. See here, the MLF BFL Oki Division fished on Grand Lake and winning that with twenty-one pounds and twelve ounces. Brandon McDonald took the win on Grand Lake. Uh, and then uh, a guest of the show from a few weeks ago, uh, Dakota Ebear won the MLF Invitationals on Clark's Hill, and he led. He did win this one wide well, but he squeaked it. Out. I think he won it by ten ounces, but he won that event with fifty eight pounds, ten ounces. But that guy, I, like I said when we had him on the show, I feel like that guy just been stuck in I guess twenty twenty two because he's been just, you know, for the most part. Besides, I think mean, I think he had a slight hiccup at. Uh, what was it? Not, not Okeechobee. Uh, whatever the first BPT stop. No, it was a Kissimmee chain. I think that was the only, 
quote unquote slight hiccup he had so far. But I mean, that guy's just been on fire though for the most part. And then last thing up, well, last results here and is the, and I, I, I purposely put this one because I, of who won it, but the Bassmaster kayak series, they, uh, were, I forgot what lake, I forgot, I forgot the name of the lake here, but they had their event this past weekend and elite series angler. Greg De Palma, GDP, he won that two-day event because all the Bassmaster Kayak Series events this year are two-day events now. That, that's Gunnersville. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it was Gunnersville. I knew it was your neck of the, neck of the woods. because I wanted, That's right. He won that with uh, just short of no, 190 inches with 189.75. But a bit surprised that uh, I'm not saying it's surprised in a bad way because, you know, again, I know some of these, uh, you know, BP, BPT or Elite Series anglers are have been dabbling with uh, – kayak fishing but for him to go out there on on, on gunnersville and take the win that was a bit of a somewhat of a, of a somewhat of a shock surprise but pretty good i, I guess i don't know if that's good good length or uh under because i know that uh gunnersville is just starting to really start to crank up so but i'm not sure if that's good or uh or bad for well uh, was it lengthwise but congratulations to him though it was good because he won with it, David. Come on now. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, I like, you know, like 190 inches. Is that is that a good, is that a, over two days of fishing? Is that really good? Or is that, you know, did he, it, you know, it, I, it was, it was for those two days because no one else did better. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we're going to move up to upcoming events here. Uh, obviously, uh, as kind of a theme with a the guy from our, the guest from our show today, the MLF Red Crest starts this coming Wednesday. Uh, competition starts Wednesday the 8th and goes through the 12th. Uh, their expo is from March 10th to the 12th, which is Friday through Sunday there. Uh, so good luck to those guys. And they're fishing out on Lake Norman. Uh, it is a work week for KG. Uh, this weekend here, the ABT South is going to be on Lay Lake. Uh, I don't know if KG is, if the weather report has changed at all for KG or not, but fortunately it has. I think I sent okay. you a text a few days ago that they were forecasting by the weekend we'd be highs in the 30s. That has <laughs> fortunately changed. Okay. I was hoping, I would see, I was hoping that if I sent that to you, you would feel bad for me and you'd shut the door. You'd hold, you'd hold all the cold air up north and it wouldn't happen. So I, I'm just going to assume that's what's happened so far. You know, the, the, the last week, few weekends up here, it, it, you know, the, the week, the weeks have been in like maybe high, tw- like high thirties, you know, we, you know, but then like the weekends has been like in like the forties and fifties and that was no different this past weekend, but this coming weekend it's staying in, I guess, seasonal, you know, 30 some odd degrees. So, uh, you know, I guess you know, we finally got, you know, we felt that it was a bit wrong for us to be stealing your, uh, your abnormal warmth, you know, uh, during this time of year. So we decided to give it back just so that hopefully we can have a normal spring. So you, you keep your thirties <laughs> up there. <laughs> Uh, the Angler's Choice Team Trail, they'll be fishing Jordan Lake, and that's the one in North Carolina. Uh, Best Bass Trail Central Region will be on Lake McClure. And then the last one I got on the schedule for this week is the Carolina Angler's Team Trail Lake Murray Division. Obviously, we'll be fishing on Lake Murray. And if you didn't hear a your tournament here, or if you have a schedule or results you want to share, make sure you email them to me, dshong, D-X-I-O-N-G, at anglerschannel.com, and I'll make sure I get them up. And then the last bit of uh, things we'll dive in before we wrap up the show, just a few notes, nothing too, again, you know, nothing too... Uh, too exciting to announce. Uh, one first thing I got up here is uh, 
Dakota Lithium links a multi-year deal sponsorship for the Bassmaster Kayak Angler of the Year. So whoever wins Angler of the Year gets a little bit better uh, prize pack thanks to Dakota Lithium. And then I guess this is a big one in a way. Uh, I'm not saying it's a shock, but uh, they've been connected, uh, I guess, since the inception of the Bass Pro Tour, thus its name. But Bass Pro Shops and Major League Fishing announced a five-year sponsorship extension. And let me pull up that press release here because let's see here. And when I do that, my computer decides to freeze here. Um, where'd it go? You know, you know what's unfortunate about all these kind of press releases is we don't get we don't get dollar amounts attached to them. I wish no I wish that these press releases would include how much money they're actually um, you know, spending with these organizations. Well, yeah, I'm assuming, especially for being at being that they're continuing the sponsorship on the uh for the bass pro tour because i'm assuming without bass pro being a, a major sponsor it wouldn't be called the bass pro tour but i could be completely wrong but maybe that is the name and it happens to coincide to, with the name bass pro shops as well but um i'm assuming it's it's gonna uh be a pretty uh pretty lucrative somewhat deal because if i read it here reason i said it's, it's kind of be, uh somewhat lucrative here it says you know uh see mlf the world's largest tournament fishing organization and bass pro shops north america's premier outdoor and conservation company alongside white river marine group which is a key thing they're the, the number one i'm see the world's number one built builder announced today a historic agreement extending and expanding on the original sponsorship agreement Bass Pro Shops will become the exclusive sporting goods retailer and White River Marine Group brands, Nitro, Ranger, and Triton will become the exclusive performance uh, fishing boat brands for MLF events, including the Bass Pro Tour, Red Crest, General Tire, General Tire Heavy Hitters All-Star Event, and General Tire Team Series. So, and they've also made the title sponsor of the Bass Pro Tour. So again, I don't know if that, because I know that... Um, Bass Cat was somewhat in terms of bass boat brands because you know they're talking about being the exclusive performance fishing boat brands for uh, the BPT and stuff like that. So I don't know if that means that going forward those other brands are still somewhat involved, but more like was an affiliate, associate, whatever that tier is. But or if this pretty much means that they're the only boat brand that gets mentioned on anything uh, on the MLF page, I guess when it comes to like you know uh, sponsorship uh, placement and stuff like that. But well, but yeah. You know, it's interesting to see because um, you know it's almost like they market each each individual tournament series somewhat separately because yeah and, and the wording on that could be interesting because uh, BPT just BPT events there there are no boats supplied so no. the the cups and all that they still supply boats and those have been a mixture of Nitro Phoenix and Basket. So it'll be interesting to see if that mixture continues on those on those events, which which I guess is now the you know the team events. Um, but uh, you know Phoenix Boats is the title sponsor for uh, Toyota and BFL, so yeah. I, I'm assuming that's gonna that's that will continue. But obviously that's separate and aside from the Bass Pro Tour series. So it'll be interesting to see how they continue uh, to market these different tournament series going forward and. Um, I guess I mean I guess it could be good in a way for them that that they're able to um, coordinate these sponsorships with so many different companies. Uh, if they're able to separate their levels like that, then it, it it could be an opportunity for them to, 
you know, kind of always have uh, a group of people, you know, involved. So, yeah, as opposed to where if it was a blanket, you know, they were looking for sponsorships for the for all of MLF series divisions, then it, it may make it hard to do that, trying to get one company to do that. But yeah. by splitting them up the way they do, um, you would you would have to think that that would be beneficial to them long term. Well, and, and, you know, part of this, I guess, especially with the Red Crest coming up and uh, obviously the Bassmaster Classic, because right, and, and, and I guess in some ways, too, because it's, it's still sports show season is like, you know, uh, but for sure at the Classic and the uh, the Red Crest Expo, um, what was it? They, you know, since we're talking about boats here, uh, even during sports show season, you know, obviously a lot of it, a lot of the floor space at, at a sports show is taken up by the boats on display as well. But a lot of the ones at the local stuff. Um, those are from more dealer, I mean, from a dealership. So, you know, they have a variety of, of the brands that they carry in house. But uh, obviously, at the expos, at the Red Crest and at the Classic, um, there's other boat brands. And like you mentioned, Phoenix is a uh, a partner with MLF as well as Basscat. So, and I'm pretty sure when I check the expo floor map for the Red Crest, that those guys, those other boat brands had floor space on the, um, Expo for for the Red Crest, but again, you know we don't know all the uh, all this other other legal stuff that's on the contracts and whatnot too. But um, but if it is a, an exclusive thing, then does that mean that some of those boats um, aren't allowed to be there? Because we know that a lot of the brands that are going to be showcased there are partners with MLF as well, whether it's non endemics and whatever too. So we'll see how that all kind well, of plays. And out. there'll be some that are involved involved at all. Yeah. So, but, but we'll definitely see how that all plays out. But, but I guess in some ways, you know, that is a big, um, I guess a big announcement for them, but we'll see how that all plays. Kind of, there's been like, you know, like people keep, you know, there's rumors or I'm, we're not trying to say we're speculating rumors, but you know, about bass, you know, people seeing bass pros starting their own thing, you know, but, you know, but the, with this, uh, with this partnership or this, uh, extension of sponsorship, it keeps that, at least that partnership going for quite a while. And then, uh, yeah, go ahead. You know, they're, they're, they're still heavily involved in, uh, Bassmaster events as well. Um, yep. so it, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Like they, they keep, uh, putting money in to, to both organizations. Um, but, you know, if that's the case, you, at some point, you got to wonder how, you know, how much are they, how much is, is Bass Pro Shops willing to spend in sponsorship dollars? And then they're taking that or splitting it between the two. You know the two organizations. Yeah. What what would have happened if we would have just had one major organization? Yeah. Um, you know, would would there actually have been more money um, available to the anglers that that are there as opposed to splitting up like it is? Yeah. We'll, we'll never know. Just just curious. Yeah. We'll see how things play out because again, at least with this, it looks like it, uh, you're not that, not that people are looking for one to fail over the other. But I know for some people that. Um, wish for the i guess the good old days where there's only one major um well no because flw is still around so i guess you, you can't really say that either but but yeah we'll see how this all plays around you know because again like it looks like at least for sure the bass pro tour unless something happens between now and 2028 when this uh this uh partnership uh this sponsorship uh agreement goes through as, as long as anglers are willing to keep forking out the interest fees it won't really matter they can keep splitting up their dollars <laughs> Talking about spending laws, this is why I I, uh, I wanted to to kind of pick your brain about because last week and I guess a, lot, a few days ago, uh, long rumored and now finally real, 
but PowerPole finally announced their new trolling motor called the Move. And I know we're, you know, like uh, obviously we're partnered by uh, by Johnson Outdoors. I know Kenneth use another brand here, but being fishing tackle junkies, you know, fans of the sport, stuff like that, and just being intrigued with technology. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Because I know that for sure. A lot of technology in this one. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's necessarily new technology or anything super innovative that hasn't been on the market more recently. But uh, your thoughts, though, because I know that um, I wasn't super surprised, but there were some things I was surprised with the, with what I've seen so far uh, that's been at least available digitally. Okay, so this has been a rumor within PowerPole for man several years now. I mean, we're going on eight years, maybe, maybe close okay. to 10. I mean, it's been a oh, long, wow. it's been a long time. People have been saying these guys are working on trolling motor. Okay. And, and I, I think what, what they've done over time is I think they took their time because they didn't have to until they got it exactly where they wanted it. Yeah. The other thing that's happened though, is the, the price of things keep, keep getting more and more. And I think, yeah. I think that that has helped them in their, their ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, I have seen some inf- quite a bit of information on this trolling motor, and it looks like they pretty much took some time and said, okay, this this is the offering that's available in trolling motors now. What are the things that, that they have or don't have that we like or don't like? How can we take what's available and make it better? Um, and I, it, it appears that they kind of went into it with money is no object. I, you know, that's not going to that's not going to hinder us. Um, so I think they've got some materials in certain places of this trolling motor that has created um, a higher price. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also th- I also feel that maybe their production level can be lower than some of the others. Okay. Um, so I, you know I, I don't know that they're necessarily their target is to sell you know high high volume, especially upfront. I yeah. do know that they have a, a whole new facility they're building these in. It's in they're in Tampa, Florida. They supposedly uh are building a lot of their own parts. Um, so it, it appears that they're they're doing this the right way. And yeah. really no surprise to me. I mean, you know, power power pole, a lot of anglers use them. They're known with, you know, to have great customer service, great product. They've been, you know, the power pole product's been around for a long time. You know, it has the power pole has a 10-step process for corrosion resistance. Supposedly that same process is being used in the trolling motor. Okay. Um, you know, the shaft materials, uh, it's something that it's not going to splinter or break. Um, and it would take a tremendous amount of force in order to damage it in a way that it, you, you couldn't use it. Um, yeah. So there's there's there are a lot of things that, that look really, really good in this trolling motor. Um, but as we always see, you know, time will tell. You know, yeah. every every manufacturer, when they have something new, they're going to, you know, they're going to tell you all the great stuff it does. And it's how much better it is than anybody else's. But the proof is in the pudding. Uh, once once anglers start putting more of these on their boats, we get them out there and, and see them in action, see how they work. That's when we'll know for sure. Yeah, um, it, it is. It is pricey. It's quite a bit more. You know, you know, we went from four tracks to all tracks. Price went up a little bit. Now, yeah. you know, Garmin's trolling motors even more than that. Lawrence is kind of where Garmin is, and then this one's another another step yep. or a bit of a leap forward, price wise. Um, the, you know, the question is going to be: Will will anglers be able to justify 
that that price difference and, and there yeah. will be quite a few that will and and it, yeah. and it could come down to you know where where do you fish where do you use the product um, yeah. there may be some there may be some things or applications within this trolling motor that'll be more important to some anglers in certain geographical areas of the country as opposed to 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 others so sure. um but yeah I, you know i expect it to be a good product um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what we see in real life. What's once we see more of them out and being used. Yeah. There's what two models, one's more, you know, obviously like you're with the, um, the bracket, like your, your typical, uh, bass boat style. Then they have the other ones right. made for, uh, your, um, bay boats. Oh uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Your, um, saltwater boat center console type stuff there. And then, right. um, I was a bit, you know, like you mentioned, I, Without knowing all the details, because I know you were probably you're definitely more privy to more detail than I was. But uh, again, the price was a bit not super shocking. But once you kind of start uh, kind of looking at some of the things that go that went into this thing, I could kind of see where some of that additional cost came in. Like uh, I'm, I'm assuming a good part of that price increase was the the titanium shaft in there. So um, I just remember way back when I, I can't remember. I'm assuming even with the uh, I, think with the motor guide you know i think it's i think it's composite shaft i could be wrong but i just remember back in the day that was always the you know the motor guide versus the the mincota because of the fact that you know you had the stainless steel shaft back in the day which again different material but similar concept where you know again if you as long as you you're not on plane and you you hit something with it you you hit something you know if you you know, troll it too fast and you bump into a stump, you might bend the shaft, but you might still be able to use your trolling motor. But, uh, but I'm assuming part of the, the, the cost increasing cost is due to that titanium, um, material in the, that they use for the shaft there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is, but you know, the, the initial startup cost of doing what they're doing, you know, sure. is, is, is quite, I mean, it's, it's expensive. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure a bit of that price may just be kind of, you know, being able to to finally get this thing off the ground and, and get it get it jump started. Yeah, and I know you said that. You know, I, I guess it goes way back. Oh, I'm not sure if it, these talks were just way back. If it goes back eight to ten years, if it was just you know someone just speaking out loud, or if it was hey, you know, worth seriously thinking about it, and it was just, they were trying to get the ball rolling. But because I, I figured it was at least five to six years, but if it's like eight to ten years, that that's even a, uh, I'm not saying a complete shock, but you know, uh, the thought that came across my head was that, okay, so, you know, I'm not saying that they, they didn't, um, adapt their design as time went on, but you know, I wonder how much, uh, cause you know, again, I guess in, in, in this case, you know, at least as far as we know, they're kind of the, the last ones that of the bigger companies that have come up with their trolling motor, um, in this trolling motor war, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just do wonder. As you know, did they? Oh, did they evolve their uh, design throughout the years and, and, and until this final release here, or was it something where they had to go back to the drawing board as technology changes, as um, as competitors, you know, release quote unquote game changer features to their uh, trolling motors that they had to kind of revamp, do a bigger revamp on their design too. But but we'll see because I think the first event that you could probably get a chance to check one out and play in person is this weekend at the red crest if i'm correct from what chris lane said yeah i would expect them to have one on display there um you know at red crest during during the expo should be one at uh, bassmaster classic as well and then 
the last thing oh yeah question i don't, I don't know if you would know is is that trolling motor pedal wireless or is it wired or is it both it's wireless okay C- completely wireless okay uh but it has a it has some kind of a motor uh built into it yeah that, so just the that, pressure right or that gives the, you just, feedback and it's yeah. and it's fully adjustable uh you, okay. you have an you have an app on your phone that you can you can make all these changes to it can be fully adjustable so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I, the one the the one time I was on a uh, I marshaled uh, or I was on a boat with a person that had uh, the Garmin unit and just to, and I played with it for just a bit just because then I was trying to control the boat. Um, there is a little bit. It's not a lag in a bad way, but it's you know it's you know you do notice there's a, a slight couple like nanosecond lag but um that's one thing just with anything wireless you know that it's it, it doesn't have that more of a direct instant uh input compared to uh you know, with something that's wired versus wireless so but yeah, the only thing i i would say that i want to add to this i was surprised about and i shared it with you was i was about i was a bit surprised about how many professional anglers that already had uh that were out there testing units out uh during the couple first couple events of the year already uh not that it was a complete surprise but it was a lot more than what i anticipated only because again i know that um some of these guys are you know they may be connected with certain brand electronics and stuff like that and then for them to uh be using uh the power pole because obviously these guys are using power pole shallow water anchors anyways but i was a bit surprised by how many guys um started promoting this new trolling motor um when guys were like oh i figured he was going to stick with uh what he was already using before so but other than that you know we'll see how this one goes if it's you know again i know that you like you said uh i know that for sure the 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 power pole fans and the more diehard more serious uh tournament anglers will probably be willing to justify the the upgrade uh the the, the price increase to upgrade to something like this but we'll, we'll see because I know yeah, 50, what, I think Altrex is about what, 30 something in the, the high $3,000 range. And then I think Garmin and Lorance are just underneath 5,040. It's like the no, they're, Garmin and Garmin Lorance at 3,500. Altrex is, under, is under that. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And that's then what it this, was. One, this one's right at 49.99. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, again, a, a, a little bit more money, but again, as we've seen before, we talk, you know, for the for the more serious angles, we talk all this stuff, but then guess who's going out buying it next, you know? So we'll see how it goes. But I think other than that, you know, that was pretty much it. You know, that was the big the other big news that came out this week here. Uh, but yeah, again, thanks again, everyone, for just tuning in this week. Uh, thanks to Kevin Van Dam for joining us and you know, again, just sharing that uh valuable time with us as he gets ready for the Red Crest here. But you know, again, it's that time of the the time of the week for me and KG, we got to put this show back on the trailer and call it a day. So again, as always, make sure you support the sponsors that make our show happen. And those partners of the show are Ranger, Mercury, Humminbird, Minkota, Strike King, Lose, Trickstep, Reliant, TH Marine, Costa Sunglasses, Under Armour, and Sportsman's Warehouse. So make sure you like, share, and rate, review our show wherever you get our show from. Uh, again, if uh, I, I've been trying to push it a bit more on Instagram too. So if you're a person who follows us on Instagram, it should be linked in the bio as well as I try to expand my Instagram prowess. <laughs> but other than that, thanks again for tuning in this weekend for KG. We'll all catch you in the next episode. Don't take it personal.
Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.